What's the most important thing in your podcast? Hosts. That's right, the listener. Coming out from a different angle. And here's what you're doing to your podcast listening figures if you forget the value of listener care. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Wernham Blog Podcast, the podcast dedicated to discussing and reviewing the UK edition of The Office. Who's with me? Oh, don't you know? He's romantic and thrifty. It's Jack. Say what you see, James. (laughs) And he's not leaving here because he's got a job for life. It's Danny. Right, some of that is one day. Ah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the pretty girl on the hood of a Cadillac is Seth. Go get the guitar. <laughs> so, so you're saying that, you're looking at a picture of Seth. You sound a bit gay. Well, yeah. it's, not, it's not gay because he's there doing the intro with us. So um, we're here to discuss the fourth episode in the show. And I think this is probably, I'd say, renowned as one of the best episodes in the show, if not the best. Well, the quotes group that we're a part of, that we run, it won the tournament to find Absolutely. out the, the listeners' favourites, the quotes' favourite episode. Can I say, it didn't just win it, it absolutely smashed the back doors in on all the other episodes. Like, literally, every time... It was time, a complete shout out. Yeah. Every time this episode went up against anything else, even quiz, it just <coughs> decimated it. Like, we're talking 95% of the people that voted preferred... It was, it was a landslide. Genuinely, what? You don't need that when you've got that percentage of the people voting as the greatest episode. <laughs> That's true. Well, I think I remember... By the way, we're talking about the training episode. If, uh, Did if I not any, say if that? Any, I don't know. If, oh, any, okay. if anyone doesn't well, know. Training. Fourth episode. If you don't know that, you Episode four, training. Out. If you don't know the fourth episode, get out. <laughs> yeah. You're all still here. Good. <laughs> but I remember when it was on TV, you could tell it was, it was, there was just something special about this episode. It was mm. literally just, it was just hilarious. It was just from straight away from watching it for the first time, you just knew that this was going to be like a classic quotable uh, in the echelons of just sitcom episodes. Yeah. I remember personally, I'd watched the first two episodes and then I'd been on holiday and I'd missed the quiz one and then I picked this one up and I just knew this was the episode where I knew I, just, I was going to love this programme until my dying day. Yeah, it's just funny, isn't it? It's just pure comedy and it's just great. I think it's, I think it's a real standalone piece as well. You know, If I was to show someone The Office to kind of get them into it, I think rather than show them the first episode, I'd probably show them this one because it doesn't need much context. It's just, as you say, it's just funny. There's not tons of exposition. It's just... It's, you know, the Brent show, really. <laughs> oh, no, definitely, Brent yeah. and Robin show. It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a great gateway episode for people who aren't yeah. quite sure about it. And the cool thing about it is, um, it's, a, it's a Brent-centric episode, obviously, but also we've suddenly been allowed to see a different side to Brent after the quiz episode. So actually now, suddenly we've got this newfound empathy for Brent, whereas we didn't have yeah. that in the first couple. If this episode had mm-hmm. come as episode three, after the first two, we would have probably a different view of Brent, and we probably wouldn't give him the artistic license, if you will, to prat around yeah. doing yeah. his guitar and doing all the mm-hmm. whole shtick and stuff. And Tim as well, if we hadn't had that, as we said in episode three, that existential crisis from Tim, this mm, this, yeah. this episode really builds to Tim, well, making a yeah. climactic decision at the end, which the quiz episode and what he goes through in the quiz episode really kind of builds builds into that. Yeah, yeah, this is the final straw, isn't it? Of exactly, all of his yeah. shit that he's put up with, like listening to Gareth talking about bones yeah. and God knows what, that, yeah, this is it for Tim. Actually, I said that there wasn't much exposition in this episode, but actually, in terms of Tim and Dawn and Lee, there's tons, and it's a really crucial episode. But that's but that's the genius of the writing in that Gervais and Merchant they they really wring every every potential comedy out of this this office training situation that they write about. Mm. But so it's basically just they just find the comedy in it, and then around that they put in these um, these the character arcs and the character moments, and it just fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. So it's just literally just. 
it's just pure comedy all the way through. Yeah. You're, you're right, it fits perfectly. <laughs> I don't know how, you, how do you find these quotes just, just out of thin air? Honestly, no, you, no. Like, you just pulls them out of thin air, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's mental. That's what we got. It's a real it. talent. Quotes are just as much as a training. Yeah. Yeah. The analysis comes naturally as well. <laughs> I remember I was going through Berkhamstead once on the bus, oh. and I saw Danny out the window, and he was walking down the road, and he was laughing to himself. <laughs> I said to my friend who didn't know Danny, I said, "There's my mate out there. I bet you he's thinking about the office right now." And I was. And I asked him later, and he went, "Yeah, I was." <laughs> and I, I remember the day, and I, I told you the exact scene that was going through my head at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the motivational speech. I remember. I remember. That's, what, that's one of the most common ones to go through my head. I remember <laughs> when we used to go swimming, Danny, and I used to—he was literally I, he used to swimming lengths with his like laughing like to himself as his head is under the water, like literally get, like laughing his ass off because the office is just under the head. That's definitely not normal. Else to do, he just runs the office. Definitely <laughs> there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, does, is anybody else like that? I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know if this is maybe worth asking or whether we want to open this can of worms. But if anybody's listening that that literally replays the episodes in their head and laughs to themselves, then I mean. That would reassure us a bit about yeah. a bit about Danny at least. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, I'm sure we'll get I'm, I'm sure we'll get people saying that we do because the show like, kind of lends itself to that. It's so quotable, especially this episode. Mm. This episode has got so many so many of, of the classic quotes, the classic office quotes. Yeah, yeah. So, the show is so quotable, and because and because it is the whole show is based in the mundane reality of life. Those quotes are applicable to any situation. It's not like. Uh, the Mighty Boosh or something where it's got funny quotes but you can't mm. really you have to really they're shoe, too obscure aren't they you have yeah. to really shoehorn in quotes in the Mighty Boosh yeah if you want to get them into conversation in the office and they're not even out of context they're not even necessarily funny quotes like if Danny was to quote the office at his work some people wouldn't it's not like you'd go oh that's a great joke you'd well, I bet he like, says, he uh, says it is. Yeah, I was going to say. It doesn't <laughs> <laughs> okay, by the way, so we, we, we've had a few episodes out now. So as we sit here today, we've had three episodes that have gone live and feedback has been amazing. So we've actually had a few people come feedback to actually give us some advice. Yeah. So, you know, mm. open to that. Snagging us that. off. Well, anyway. in a way. What have they ever done? Always Nothing, so don't. <laughs> well, one, one well, of the... Like, once you get into the top ten of iTunes, you've got the sort of... Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we, I, should, should, I should just clarify it. The top ten of iTunes TV and films. So in it's a little bit... Okay, yeah, specifically. But, I mean, top ten for BBC sitcoms made between 1998 and 2000. For two episodes in, at the time, which is what it was. Yeah, yeah, I'm it's, good. it's good, but yeah, we, we need more people to keep listening. So, you know, tell your friends. Yeah, empty seats aren't laughing very much. Extras, unorthodox. But yeah, no. To be fair, he's right. It is all down to you guys for listening. So this is now me talking to the audience, which we don't normally do. But yeah, thank you so much for listening, everybody. It's been really, really well received, and we we're actually blown away by how many people have listened. Yeah, but. We're egomaniacs, so it's not quite enough. So we need you to keep listening, keep downloading, keep subscribing. As Danny said, tell your friends and hopefully help us climb up those charts and uh, get back into top 10 again. Anyway, yeah. 6 million people watch the Christmas specials, so where's the other 599,900? You know, <laughs> Where are they? Yeah. Yeah. They've made profit. 599,000. <laughs> well, I can't even work it out. <laughs> what is it? 5,999,000. Uh, Where are you? The last place you want someone like that is in accounts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's your job. Then. That's an end joke. Daddy's was, actually an accountant. So I was desperately sorry. trying yeah. to run through my head what quote would be applicable to the bullshit Daddy's saying. Assistant to the accountant. So anyway, anyway, well, the point is, what some of the feedback we've had has been really useful. And actually, someone suggested that we actually go through a bit of a synopsis uh, of, of the episode mm. before we start, just to give everybody a heads up on, on what they're in for, as if they don't already know. 
So, where is this one from? We're about to read this. This is the, like this a... is, this is the official uh, recap of uh, or description of of episode four training from series one of the office. Okay, uh, and here it is. It's from IMDb, and it says. To fend off the increasing staff disillusionment, a training day has been scheduled. Dodge's engagement to Lee is on the rocks, and Tim begins to think that he may have a last chance with her. He may at last have a chance with her. Oh, yeah. He, sorry. He may at, I mean, I don't need to... Yeah. Go quite, important, quite important difference in nuance there. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's certainly not his last chance. Oh, it? yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Let me say that again. He may at last have a chance with her. All right. Well, do I need to repeat, or can we just leave all this in? Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. Leave that in. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Interesting, <laughs> interesting, sorry, just interesting Freudian sip, actually, by you. Well, in a way. Yeah, yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it his last chance? So just yeah. to be clear, yeah. Well, there you know already. I don't know why we were even reading this. It's a fucking street. Well, we got... Whose idea was this? We got told. Someone told us to do it. If they haven't seen this they wouldn't be listening, would they? Well, yeah, that's true. But maybe I guess some people like do listen, like did watch it, and then mm. think, "Oh, I like The Office." And then, you know, not everyone's as, as huge a fan. We can't yeah, just why we can't be listen? just expecting Office encyclopedia. Well, to be honest, if you haven't listened to The Office already, then I don't want you to listen. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> how you guys feel about that? Get out! You've long yeah. since turned off anyway. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Who are we talking to? Fuck talking it, we'll leave that in. That'll be yeah. alright. Leave that in. <laughs> 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 you got it. Yeah. Right. So it's a really different opener to this episode because obviously it opens on Lee and Dawn having an argument and until now we've seen bits of Lee and, and obviously lots of Dawn but we've never seen them sort of conflict. I think the closest we came is when Dawn had a little giggle at um, Lee's plans for the future when yeah. you're talking about going and popping out some kids. It's quite interesting this scene as well because you do we do literally just jump in and it's, mm. it's got it's the office equivalent I guess of jumping in uh, opening the episode in the middle of an action scene. This is it's about that kind of mm. action. Yeah. I think the theme tune is very very slightly still carrying on underneath it yeah, for it a is. couple for like half a second when we just jump straight in. We're in the middle of this uh, middle of this argument. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what it's about. We never really find out what it's about. No. But yeah, it kind of just throws us straight in there, and it is actually. It might seem like a small thing, but it's quite jarring, actually, isn't it? Like, it is because it's real. It, it doesn't come across as sort of a staged argument. It's because obviously Lucy Davis is very, very good at sort of being hurt. I think on camera. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So she mm. does a really good job of yeah being being put into a I don't know just like just backed into a corner and not being able to like speak her mind with with, with Lee. But the three previous episodes have been kind of they've been quite slow build through the episode, and you kind of and they kind of start quite quietly. Think about episode three, the quiz, where it starts, and it's just the empty office, mm. and it's Tim just sitting there on his own. So to be thrown in in the middle of this, a uh, middle of this kind of like dialogue heavy argument is quite yeah, it's quite um, it's quite yeah different. Yeah, yeah and it's such a contrast, isn't it, to the way that she is with Tim. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can't even picture them out having an argument him at her and Tim. No, but that isn't, I have thought about that, in like especially mm. after where they left off in the Christmas specials. I have thought, I wonder if they will have arguments. I mean, they, of course they will. They? Yeah, of course. Couples argue, but yeah, it'll be interesting to, to think about what it would be about. So that's one of the reasons I love British sitcoms that leave you wanting more. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah, if it yeah, was yeah. an American version, you know, you'd, I mean, even in the American version, thinking about it, you see their house, you see their kids, you literally yeah, see yeah. their whole life pan out, whereas with this, it leaves you absolutely warm. Yeah, and I think that's why it's uh, it's been enduring enough for people like us to come and make a podcast about it because it's left us guessing for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know exactly what all this. Yeah. It's given us little clues and it's it's made us expand upon them. You know, and I think that's part of his enduring legacy yeah. that it hasn't revealed too much about all these characters. Yeah. Fingers crossed that uh, Ricky Gervais doesn't make a film or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. That would be rubbish. Uh, that, yeah. would, that would be rubbish. <laughs> well, at least it was only, you know, David Brennan and not all the other characters as well. No, that's true. I was thinking about that. Do you think there was ever a temptation to bring sort of like Big Keith or approach like Mike? I don't think they would have been allowed to. Like, I, I think if he'd been allowed, he would have. I've been trying to research, I've been trying to research it, but there's not really much information on the internet, but wondering how much 
Merchant knew about life on the road before it was on. Whether whether he would have made any money off it, because I mean, Brent is presumably as much a character his character as Gervais is. Well, yeah. Or maybe technically Brent does count as a purely Gervais character, so he didn't have to ask Merchant. When you, I saw Dave, uh, Stephen Merchant being interviewed about just general stuff, and he was asked about this, the Office yeah. film, as it was put to him, and he was very clear to point out that this is not an Office film. This is yeah. A so so then the question is whether, yeah. whether or not, yeah, he would have whether he needed to legally be informed about it and whether he could have shut it down. If he was like, no, Brent's 50% my character, so I'm saying no to this. Yeah, no, it's an interesting, in, I don't know. In many ways, this episode is the root of that film because of, obviously, foregone conclusions. Yeah, no, it's really... Yeah, so yeah. really, yeah. he's ripping off the popularity of this Yeah, that's true, so, so much. And he talks about the band days. He talks about, you know, 10 years ago when he was in the band. It, yeah. yeah. In fact, some of the music is probably copyrighted as yeah. well to The Office, I'm guessing. I don't know yeah, how that yeah. works. But, but, but I know, but, I mean, Gervais is, 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 um, is a musical guy, so I yeah. imagine... I imagine the music. Yeah, so I imagine the music is all Gervais. So. It's up and then it's straight back down again because yeah, obviously yeah. we've got this lot, this funny talking head from Gareth and then instantly we've got Dawn uh, what is she, unpacking chairs or setting up chairs for the meeting while Brent's doing his conversation to, uh, with Rowan about yeah, how, yeah. You know, how, how he's, as you say, he's trained in it but he was good at it before he was trained in it so now that he's trained in it he's better than people that are just trained <laughs> in it. He, he says, I know that line. He says, it sums up Brent this line. He says, it's a gift and a training. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> It was a gift, but it's also it's also something I've been training. But it's a gift that precedes the training. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but luckily, I had the gift before, so I'm better than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, he, exactly. and he introduces Ryan. It's that one-upmanship. Yeah, exactly. There's just endless throughout this episode as well. Yeah, that yeah. And he, yeah, he introduces Ryan. Doesn't let him get a word in Edgeway. So Does, doesn't even uh, acknowledge Dawn because I think is Dawn crying in That's the background. Right. Yeah. yeah, Dawn runs out crying. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't acknowledge that. And not only is he ignoring her and not not acknowledging her, but the, the spiel that he's just done is about how if you're upset, come and clean off. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? We'll yeah, clean yeah. our yeah. floor together. together. That's yeah. it. Yeah, we yeah. yeah. But it's all performative. That's the thing. That's what yeah, exactly. Brent, isn't it? And and that's kind of what it really is nailed on in this episode. Like he, it's all performative. But yeah, so we kind of we have the uh, very quickly second scene. We have the crux of the uh, of the episode introduced to us, which is the, this training day. Mm. Kind of we know we almost know straight away that this is going to be a different kind of episode. This is going to be like an insular kind of. Uh, standalone episode where yeah we're gonna yeah. get this training day and you see keith recording a message don't you saying i will be yes. a training order that well, is the scene we talked about much. and that is the scene we talked about before about um ricky and steve um weren't planning much for you and macintosh they heard him do this a piece to camera about recording his answering machine and it was scotch eggs from there on in <laughs> bloody, <laughs> bloody, bloody repeat anecdotes <laughs> i didn't listen to the first three episodes <laughs> well you haven't listened to the first three episodes yeah bloody yeah. <laughs> but, okay at the time of that i've listened to episode one and two i'm still haven't listened to episode three i recorded it so now he's the plonker you know i recorded it it's all up here yeah he's laughing at it when he's swimming <laughs> but, uh, but no it's interesting to know he's behind the scenes anecdote so you can track like if you know that that's where you and Macintosh was kind of was kind of almost discovered by accident mm. by uh, Gervais and Merchant who thought who who up to then thought he was kind of just like a background actor to just come in and be in the background yeah. if you know that that's the point where they were like actually we can give this guy more to do it's, it's quite fascinating to, to see yeah. where his character would go from there and it actually makes that line I, so much better as well when yeah. listening knowing that and watching it back it, it makes me appreciate that line so much more <laughs> that was a yeah career making of a career yeah, making line reading yeah, 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 for yeah. Ewan yeah yeah hello you're through to Keith. I will be at training all day today. Please call me or leave a message and I will call you tomorrow. Before the training day begins properly, we go we go back to the um, Dawn 
yeah. subplot, which kind of will run through the episode as well. Yeah. And Tim, bless him, is doing his best to make her feel better, and it's working. And he's doing a really good job. Know, yeah. yeah, no, he's doing a really good job, but at the same time, he's he's basically burying his soul for her a little bit. He's actually yeah. saying some of the things yeah. that he would never be able to say in British, you know, like, I don't know, just in just general polite society. You know, he would never say some of this stuff to Dawn, but obviously he feels that he can because of the situation. And to be There's fair, a whole Tim, window of opportunity for Tim, this whole episode with Dawn, I think. He, he reveals the true extent of his, mm. his affections and he's allowed to do that through this argument. Yeah, He does, interesting. But, he do, but to be fair to him, he doesn't. He, he's not sneaky. He does say, in this conversation with Dawn, he does say, you know, you and, t- you and Lee, you're going to be together, something like and that. He knows that. Yeah, yeah. yeah Lee, Lee's going to be with you, he knows that. Like He's not, try, yeah. he's not trying to plant seeds to break them up. Not he's at just, all. He's, kind of, he is, he's just being a genuinely comforting... Uh, shoulder to cry on for a friend, yeah, for yeah. an upset friend. Yeah. Shoulder to cry. Shoulder, 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 shoulder to cry. Shoulder to cry. But you know that secretly he's hoping that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously we know that, but. You know, he's pretty heavy with what he says. He says, I'll marry you then, or I'll marry you snot. So it's pretty. And the thing is, she she reciprocates that. Do you know what I mean? She says, oh, I'm snot, yeah. you know, and, and she says how sweet he is. And it's. And and the worst part is, even when you're watching it fresh, you know that it's probably going to get snatched away from him. But actually, at this point, episode four, we don't know that it's going to be snatched away from him. You could be forgiven for sitting there, judging by, you know, the whole history of sitcoms in the past, you know, Friends, everything else. Cheers with Sam and Diane. You could be forgiven for thinking, oh, yeah, you know, as soon as... You know, now, now that Lee, uh, Lee and Dawn are broken up, you know, all he's got to do is, is tell her how he, tell her how he feels, and it'll all be fine. You know, mm-hmm. once as soon as he says to you, to her, you know, asks her out, it'll all be fine, and they'll be together. You yeah. could be forgiven for thinking that, but all, all she has to do is end her miserable relationship with Lee and go out with Tim as quickly as possible. Is that a question? <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh no! He means from it's from the deep. Oh, yeah, it's not, like, oh god! That Jesus was a, Christ! That, that was, was a deep cut. Though. Can I just say though? To be fair, I love The Office, and I didn't get that from a mile away. If anybody we were got all that, just so confused. Can Daddy I just say, so if anybody that. got that before us, please can you mess, like message us or something because you are. We need to get you with Danny. Like we need to get you two together. That was mental. <laughs> All she had to do was acknowledge the customer's presence and end her personal call as quickly as possible. Tim's doing a really good, good job of consoling Dawn. She's genuinely feeling better until Gareth rocks up and tells her that Monkey Allen fancies her even if no one else does. It's, a, it's that even if no one else does. Yeah. That's what did. Exactly. And she just instantly, and again, she's not over the top with it, as we talked about in the first episode. Yeah. She's not big. She's not big. She just literally head down, eyes covered, walks off, and yeah. walks off. You know, It's really quite nicely done, but obviously she's... Still really upset, and Gareth sparked it all up. In fact, did we ever actually get to meet Monkey Allen? Uh, no, 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 I, no I, I, I know because uh, that 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 fat woman on the Christmas special. She's looking for Monkey Allen. Is she? Oh yeah, of course she is. And what? he goes after him, going, "Oh, Monkey Allen!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, never actually, we never actually get to see Monkey. Was Allen. I? I was reading something on, <laughs> online, or was that was it in a discussion with you guys where there's been a bit of debate about who is Monkey Allen? And some people are like, "Oh." I know which one Monkey Allen is. You know, there's there's some debate about which one he actually is and whether we've seen. Alright, what we could do? How about this? We'll I'll get. I'll get. Gareth says he's a little fella. 
All right, listen, what I'm going to do... That's Anton, that's Anton. I'm going to get... No, Gareth does say I'm going to scour... No, he says Monkey Allen Little Fella. Yeah, he does. They've got Monkey Allen and Anton, and they're both little. All right, audience participation here. What we're going to do is I'm going to get a picture, and I'm going to cut stills from every person in the warehouse I can find, Christmas parties and all, and we have to try and guess or vote on who's Monkey Allen. And it's not... So we'll do the Who is Monkey Allen? Yeah, the Who's Monkey Allen challenge. You will never win. It'll still be fun, though. So as part of the introduction to Rowan, David says, you know, we're bringing him in here because I like to do this, and today's session is all about... and then. Rowan cuts in and says, oh, maybe I should do that. And this bit's really telling, because David says, well, it's my thing. <laughs> As if literally the cameras are just there for him. He forgets that yeah. actually it's a documentary about The Office. Yeah. And it's quite a telling moment, I think, in that particular bit there. Yeah, mm. that's, that's where the competition starts, I guess. This kind of little internal competition in David's head. But you don't even really realise it is a competition until, yeah, like mm. you said earlier, Seb, at the end, you suddenly realise that in his yeah. head it's been a little competition all along. So we've, we've and followed... Rowan's not even reciprocating that competition. Rowan's just trying to do his job. Well, because he doesn't know Dave, he doesn't know Brent, does he? I mean, yeah. he's, he's obviously met in that morning. Yeah. He doesn't know Brent, so he doesn't realise how much of just an idiot and an arsehole he's going to be. <laughs> how much he's going to yeah. completely break him over the day. If he, if he knew Brent, he probably wouldn't, have, wouldn't be there doing the job, to be fair. Well, no, exactly, yeah. <laughs> have you guys seen in the, yeah. the thick of it? Yeah. Yes, he's in the thick of it. He is, he? but yeah. I like, again, just like how we had um, the Inbetweeners crossover, yeah. this is also in the universe of the thick of it for me. So what's happened is <laughs> Rowan has got so frustrated with Brent, he's given up the training game and he's gone to run for the work for the Shadow Cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> he's not working for Joe, Brent, he's working for the Shadow Cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> what's his name in that? And Stuart. So the guy, the guy Stuart. who plays Brent, do we have his name? I thought he, his performance was brilliant. I thought his facial expressions were up there with Tim's. Yeah, no, he, is, he is great in this. And this is what I wanted to mention. Vincent because. Franklin. You, yeah, he was, in, he, was in a, he was in a gay thing a few years ago. Cucumber. Playing up to Cucumber, yes, yeah, 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 yeah playing yeah. a really uptight middle-aged gay guy. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah so there but, you um, go. Yeah, because I have seen him in other things. Like uh, I think I hadn't, I forgot he was in uh, in the thick of it. But um, I'd seen him in like Doctors and stuff. And you know, he's a he's a perfectly good actor. But there's nothing that I've seen him in before that would indicate that he could do this really, really realistic uh, uh, portrayal. Like I mean, you know, usually, like I've said before. When compared to the office, most things you see, you can you can tell they're acting. There's, but you, you yeah. can just see the kind of the actor, the instincts coming out. And obviously, it's something to do with the with Gervais and Merchants uh, directing, I guess, mm. and gets these naturalistic performances that, that a lot of the actors don't ever manage to do again. Get these naturalistic naturalistic performances out of him. I mean, to me, that's his job now. He's still doing it now, going around offices doing that training. He's not an actor. He's he's just a guy. Well, training. exactly. He's yeah. Rowan, isn't he? He's yeah, Rowan. yeah, yeah. Rowan, yeah. I mean, but it really, it really is. It's, a, it's an ensemble piece, The Office, and I don't yeah. know if it's luck or serendipity or the direction of Gervais and Merchant, but there's not one weak character or weak performance in the whole thing. Yeah. And that's quite something, really. You know, that's quite something. Yeah, there's, there, there literally there's isn't not any, a weak performance. Yeah, there literally isn't any bad performance, and mm. there isn't any performances that take you out of it, and you think, oh, God, yeah, that, that person was missing. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, you think that person that missed quite a bit, yeah. and that took me out of it because that line, you can tell it's an actor saying lines. It's so naturalistic. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the fact that it's not improvised either, it's not like the thick of it where a lot of it is improvised. In the, yeah, in the office, as far as I can, as far as I know, it's quite strictly scripted. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that before. I think it definitely is. I think they, they play around with it. Well, I think Ricky Gervais plays around with it sometimes, but I think, as you said, they know they want to get from A to B in every scene. Yeah. You know, it is scripted definitely in that respect. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think maybe, I mean, must I? We, we've all seen those behind the scenes uh, footage from the office and like the bloopers and stuff, and you can just see what a relaxed atmosphere that Gervais and Merchant must have created on the set. More, more, so, more laid back, more fun. Yeah. Just drop that quote at the same time. I'm proud of both of you. <laughs> so everybody's walked down the like, boring hallway, they've gone into the boring room, 
And now they're about to be showing the boring video. So but the video, it may be boring, but it's utterly, utterly hilarious. <laughs> well, this yeah. This is one that, for me, this video is one of the funniest bits of the office. <laughs> yeah, well, clearly. You were quoting it earlier. Completely yeah, 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 yeah. But these are, like, this is what the videos were like. Obviously, this is Ricky yeah. and Steve having a bit of a jibe at those types of videos, because yeah. they've obviously been in sessions, as we all have, like this. Sessions. I mean, why well, I say that, have you guys been in a session like yeah. this? I've, well, we, yes. Yeah. I mean, and you see these kind of I things, have, like, yes. when I did Christmas temping at HMV when I was younger, you get shown these little kind of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. staff training videos first, yeah, so you, you, I know exactly the kind of thing, but yeah, they were, like, they were um, spoofing, but yeah, it's so, like, you could you could be forgiven for thinking it's real. It, like, yeah, I did, yeah, when I first watched it, yeah. I, I thought it was just a, yeah, yeah, this old 80s video that he dug out, but yeah, fact, I, yeah. Peter Purvis made it special as a present for Ricky Gervais. Is that true? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow, yeah. that's good, I didn't know that, I genuinely yeah. thought it might have been an old one, no, but no. I thought they maybe just got the I worst mean, it's one very, it's very similar to those videos you get shown at school, and it kind of, the whole episode gives me that same feeling of, like, a school day where you use a different classroom or something. Yeah, no one's taking like it seriously. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. When you walk into wheels that... in a TV on a trolley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you, you walk know. into your classroom and there's a TV and you're like, yes, yeah. this is it. Here we yeah. go. Oh, a TV day. Yeah, but the yeah, thing yeah. is, that's not what any of the staff are thinking. Do you know what I mean? Because they're grown-ups. They're probably thinking, do you know what? I've got fucking loads of work to do, and I'm going to be sat in here all day watching course, my boss prat around with yeah. Because they probably know that this is not going to just... David's not going to let this guy have it. Do you know what I mean? Especially Malcolm. He's probably thinking, oh, here we go. I've been in these sessions before. Well, I was thinking this because as much as, clearly through the episode, Brent gives Rowan loads of grief and completely breaks him by the end of the episode, The other, it's not like the other employees are giving Rowan loads of respect. Mm. They're not coming back from lunch when they're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. They're kind of, they're goading Brent on because they they can see that this is kind of like, he's, he's going to be funny. You know, they're, they're listening to yeah. him yeah. play his music, they're, play, they're singing along to it. So it's not like they're helping Rowan at all. Well, that's the thing. When you're at school, even if you didn't have a TV in the room, if you had a teacher that you know could be easily like distracted, yeah, exactly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You ask the question. You say, "Oh, how's your son doing in Australia?" And then suddenly that's the lesson gone. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can just start. No, to... no, no, I don't think any. I don't think any member of staff in there really cares about the, the training there, apart from one guy. I don't know who he is, but he seems to be wanting to take it up as a new career. Oh, that young guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Talking to, <laughs> yeah. he's talking to Ryan going, yeah, it's good this. Yeah. And he said, oh, what, are you thinking of doing this? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that just shows how desperate the times are in Wernham Hog. You know? yeah, he yeah. just wants anything just to get out, like a port in, any port in a storm. Well, maybe he's thinking about redundancies and he's thinking about what he can do next. That's a good analogy. Yeah, could yeah, be. Good yeah, point, good, good point. point. Yeah, but will he still want to do it after the day of watching Rowan struggle? Well, yeah. yeah. Well, he's, kind of against well, he's, already, seen Mark, he's already seen Rowan struggle part. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just coming back of lunch, that, isn't it? So, yeah. so yeah, he's already seen these. Yeah, so he's already seen these three scenes that we're about to talk about, which is a series of like three scenes. But like I said before, really just ring as much comedy as it can do out of this the concept of the training day mm -hmm. idea. But Gervais and Merchant just thought, right, let's do one aping an office training day. Let's just create a list of all the fit, all the bullshit you have to go through then yeah. and let's just, just take the piss out of it one by one and they do we've got the video we've got the role play and we've got the ultimate fantasy the, the yeah, keywords those cliche yeah, things yeah. like the, the the chicken the bag of grain and the fox trying to come yeah. Yeah. team building yeah. yeah as if that's team building you know what I mean it's ridiculous and they, but yeah and it's so relatable like <coughs> everyone either at school or in an office everyone knows that answer yeah, everyone yeah, but, but, and also everyone's been through all of these things but mm. yeah and especially the video on the subject of the video Brent can't help but he just can't help himself. He's fucked in. In fact, a postage stamp is legal tender. A bus driver would have to accept that. And to I be honest, uh, who hands up? Who honestly, after watching it, went onto the internet and googled, "Can you use stamps as legal tender?" I think I might have done too. I've genuinely never forgotten that fact. Yeah, but I've never been man enough to. Uh, to uh, never been not man, man enough, <laughs> enough. <laughs> to try. And if you're not man enough to use your stamps, Jack, I will do it for you. <laughs>
Why don't we put it out there to the group? Anyone listening who's, who's part of our group, if they've ever had an experience with stamps relating to this particular uh, yeah, point right. of the episode, who's, have you ever tried who's that? to use a stamp? Who's that? What? Who's that guy? Uh, who, that teacher who sends us the videos doing the quotes of oh, David yeah. Brent. What's his I'll name? We've got to give him a call. Keep like, talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Is that his name? Like, it's something like that. Oh, but he's in Norway now, so I think he's teaching hang in Norway. On, hang on, hang on. But he would be the, the perfect person to film himself going in like yeah, a jackass. Yeah, All right, hang on. Let, keep trying talking. To, trying to keep talking. Keep talking. Trying to use his stamps to buy something and then filming it and then posting it up to the Word and Blog. Facebook page to see if it. Uh, yeah, or you could you know, trade them, no, in, I, I, trade them in at the post office. Yeah, so James Philip Micklebust Hampshire. Yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't want to read it out. <laughs> James Philip Micklebust Hampshire yeah. is an absolutely brilliant impressionist of David Brent. He's got long hair, but honestly, his facial micro expressions are absolutely spot he does on. The, he does the facial expressions better than any. Uh, better than any. Anyway, what are you going to ask him to do? Were you going to get. Oh, yeah, that's right. But he's in Norway, so I don't think he can do it. Does he, it work in Norway? I don't know. Works in Norway. Does it work in the way? I doubt. Why are we looking at Danny? <laughs> <laughs> Danny, you're supposed to know these things. <laughs> and Danny was actually going, like, oh, I don't know, actually. Do you reckon it'll work in the way? I very much doubt it. All right, whatever. Could someone do a video? <laughs> yeah, someone, please. It's boring, it. What is this? <laughs> torturous this. Can someone do a video of trying to buy something with stamps, preferably on a bus, bailing that on a taxi, bailing that... Just in a corner shop. In a corner, yeah, in a Post corner shop. Post it to the Word and Blog Facebook page. We want to see it. Josh Waddy. You can do it. Think, <laughs> of, all the, think, think of all the we pleasure. We've been waiting in on Friday nights for the new episode. Yeah, exactly. Think of all the pleasure so, we've given you over the last three weeks. Do us a favour. Yeah. Do us a favour. Yeah. So much, will you? See you Tuesday. See, I wonder, do you think that Jennifer and and the head office sent Rowan? I think that, yeah. I don't or think do you think is, David arranged it? I don't think something Brent... Uh, Brent um, why, no, would, why would he? Uh, yeah. yeah. He does yeah, yeah, all yeah. his own in-house training. Remember, in, in Series 2, when Cooper and Webb come in, at first he thinks that they're trying to get his business and he's not interested at all, is he? So I don't, no. think, I don't think, on that basis, I don't think he would have arranged it. No, he, he makes a point then, doesn't he, of saying, I do all my own in-house training. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Which is obviously just his ego talking as usual. No, I do everything myself. I can do all of this. I could be famous. I could be touring in a band if I want, but I'm here and, you know. <laughs> yeah. So he almost, maybe from the beginning, Rowan is in imposition to him. He's like, oh, it's been sent by Jennifer. You know, oh, yeah, so yeah. perhaps that's what's going on a little bit. Well, this idea that, yeah, Brent might see him as an imposition is kind of like really, you, you haven't, thinking about it now, thinking about that extra layer, yeah, but, but the bit where they do the role play, really, <laughs> yeah. has like an added thing to it where Brent is almost deliberately trying to sabotage him. Well, that's the brilliant thing. Yeah. The, the role play is actually the next scene. So this is brilliant because every time you do one of these training sessions, there's inevitably the, the role play and there's inevitably some people in the office or the scenario that just for some reason take it really seriously. And but also, almost, almost everyone dreads it. Most people wouldn't yeah. wouldn't want to get up and act in front of Nine out of ten people think, oh, what a waste of time. Yeah, he says it himself, the dreaded role play. The dreaded role play, yeah. No yeah. one wants to do it. Brent thinks he's going to thrive in it, though. He can't believe his luck. You know what I mean? <laughs> Genuinely, someone's well, asking Well, it's, it's a chance for Brent to show what he thinks everyone should know, that he could be famous yeah. if he wants. He well, could be an actor, he could be a musician, he Again, could be... it's his chance to do a comedy sketch. He wants, he's going to be the fastest. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Someone's okay. literally asking him to do a performance now. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, this yeah. is, this is as, as good as it gets. So, obviously, he gets up there, and yeah. uh, the first the suggestion from Rowan is that he's going to do a hotel manager uh, who just doesn't care, and obviously, this is the way not to do it. And uh, Brent instantly wants to play the hotel manager because he sees shades of Basil Fawlty in that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he says, no, 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 it's okay, I can handle it, David. You can, you can do the, your role. 
and it's just improvisation and David can't think of a complaint so he goes to Rowan what's the complaint about yeah. you know what I mean so he can't <laughs> after even all think. that after, yeah. after all that build up I'm like oh no let me do it I, I'm, I'm the better I'll bring something yeah. to this one. I'll bring something to this <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he then and then he comes <laughs> out doesn't he bro? there is no right or wrong yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and that's so good I mean we come on to that I'm sure but this, the, it, the interplay between those two is absolutely yeah. solid gold I know we talked about how good Ricky Gervais is and obviously this touches on how good Vincent Franklin clearly is to work with him on this but there's another scene a bit later when they're I mean, I mean, people think we talk over each other in our podcast, but man alive, they are just rattling it off one after the other. And everything Brent says, like a couple of beats later, uh, Rowan's reacting to what Brent said. It doesn't matter whether you may not be the person that apparently... Trust. It well returned in leadership. It's important that you know it's your place you. and that you're reinforced, that you are supported by... Okay. Maybe we should... Uh, Maybe yeah. we should just move, move on, on at this stage to another, okay. another exercise. Yeah. But this roleplay scene then obviously has the, the legendary, that this is what it's all been building up to for me, the legendary, the just the, the, the groundbreaking line that everyone remembers, <laughs> no one can forget it. And it's, got in, and it's gone into the culture of lexicon now. Everyone knows yeah. this line, even if you've never watched The Office. You'll know what we're talking about. The classic. I think there's been a rape up there. <laughs> and there's just stunned face from Rowan yeah. as well and everybody else and I think the wonderful is there is Gareth makes a note as well <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but honestly that is that I think that that is literally the pinpoint moment where Office becomes a stone cold Do you know what there's, yeah. there's pre-rape yes. and there's post-rape we're living in a we're now living in a post-rape world everyone right <laughs> no you're right absolutely I, and I think if you were to do like a, a line graph of literally the best moments of The Office so we talked about this episode being a peak that's yeah, the peak of this that's episode. It. That moment you just heard, ladies and gentlemen, is literally the highest point on the highest episode on the highest sitcom. I think, in yeah, that history. is literally that. I mean, not that the peak takes a huge plummet, but that's the peak of it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode four, series one. I think there's been a rape up there. That's. And the it's thing is, of peaks and troughs. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's followed by this wonderful pregnant pause where obviously yeah. it's just absolute shock horror. And then David's unequally brilliant line is get their attention yeah. as if that's that's yeah. what he was trying to do because and I mean you know the only reason he said it unless we forget is because actually he was flustered by Rowan because yeah. actually Rowan's doing quite a good job of being a, an, a bad hotel manager yeah, yeah. and as soon as he says I'd like to make a complaint please I don't care there's this sort of double take with Brent where he's like oh hang on a minute this, well, yeah, are, yeah. Are, we, are, we, are we going now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's flustered yeah, so because he I just to pull something out of the bag. <coughs> shut right Yeah. Up. And, he, and, he, and he obviously didn't think that Rowan had it in him to kind of like yeah, improv exactly. like that. Yeah, he's completely kit. thrown him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I phased you, but uh, you have a go. See if you can phase me, okay? And the fact that Brent there says you try and phase me shows just how much of a competition. Yeah, that's the thing. It's That's what it is. Yeah. He sees it as like, right, we're trying to phase you. We're trying to trick you. Each other. We're trying to phase yeah, each other, yeah. yeah, which is completely yeah. <laughs> it's such a telling line. He's yeah, completely yeah, lost yeah. in the whole the, uh, in the fun of it, isn't he? He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> well, with that, there is no three six two in this hotel. He's led them down a path, which is completely going off what Rowan's got written down in his yeah. little box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tick off. So yeah. then Brent's got to make up. His, Brent's got to make up his own lesson for why he said it. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly the point. And, and these lessons that he makes up, they are they're just like rambling it's just nonsense, masquerading as, prof- as like uh, professorial statements do you know what I mean yeah, they, they yeah, just yeah. literally he's, just talks and talks and talks and talks he's definitely hijacking the whole thing yeah, yeah. The, the guitar thing's not planned but he, he definitely wants to hijack it 100% yeah. but then yeah and then completing this kind of like triptych of uh, little scenes to establish the training day we've got this uh, the, the ultimate fantasy scene which is yeah, yeah, yeah. Really Gareth comes in he's been sent off to get a flip chart or something uh, Gareth ultimate fantasy two lesbians probably sisters I'm just watching. 
<laughs> but that's such a good character. It's just, isn't yeah, it? it's like, it, it's brilliant. I, 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 every time I see it, I laugh. And then Tim gives it the perfect button where he's asked yeah. to, he's asked for his Hellboy fans, and he goes, uh, "I never thought I'd say this, but can I hear more from Gareth?" Yeah, and Gareth's got this little look to him, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I was thinking about that when I watched it earlier today. Yeah, like you can kind of, you almost get the impression that he's actually he's going to tell him more bit, about it. Bit fruity. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but what I thought was telling about that actually, as well as it being like a funny punchline to the uh, scene, is that you don't hear Tim's on the fantasy. Mm. So, but I she's mean, just walked it back in, hasn't she? Well, that or it kind of <laughs> it, it kind of indicates that he probably. I mean, he's deflecting it with humour like Tim does, but maybe he doesn't have an ultimate fancy. Like yeah. he, that, that might make him have to think seriously about, actually, what do I want? That's like, true. He what do I want from yeah. life? Like, what would I say if I was asked? Which is what he's thinking of in that, this episode, because I think Tim's existential crisis carries on through this episode very well, much actually, so. Yeah. Right? In fact, it blows up in about 10 minutes. It blows up. Yeah. <laughs> in spectacular fashion. Yeah. But yeah. Well, maybe, more, yes, more, maybe it's telling, as you say, that he didn't want to answer that question because what, he's really pondering that not ultimate fantasy, but merely what is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? What am I doing? Well, exactly. Yeah, really I, think, I think he would be too, yeah, I mean, he'd either be too embarrassed to say because he'd think it was out of his reach or he wouldn't, maybe he's never even mm. thought about it really. He's a bit of, like, like we said before, he's not a hero. He is a bit of a kind of like a lazy, like unmotivated yeah. guy. So he deflects it with humour. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't. Well, he finds things to busy himself, one of which is winding up Gareth. Yeah. And Gareth is almost a shield for having to acknowledge this. Isn't yeah, it, yeah, in a way. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and using Gareth in that way is, is also part of that. And then there's there's a beautiful scene with Tim in this episode where, actually it's where I was earlier, I was talking about um, that guy saying, oh, I wouldn't mind doing this as a career. And then the camera pans to Tim and he's just standing there looking out the window. Yeah. You yeah. can see yeah, he's really yeah, lost yeah. in thought about the whole thing. And there's, there's so a, it's the assumption there when 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 uh, Dawn comes back in, Tim's assumption then is that they've split up, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose it sounds like it, doesn't it? I think it was. It, I th yeah, I think, that's I th what I would think. I think everyone thinks it, they've split up. Yeah, because yeah, that, that's the point where where Tim then thinks they've split up when she comes back in crying because it's like the second row, right? It's like part two. So, or am I wrong here? I don't know. No, well, yeah, no, no. That is that is during that. He, he yeah, parks yeah. it. He parks the thought until later in the episode, though. Mm -hmm. And by the time he. He leaves it basically. Yeah, now's his moment. This second, but he doesn't take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right because there is another moment, isn't there, when they're in the hallway again. Yeah, but he doesn't see that. He doesn't see. Yeah. It. But to be fair, I think that had it's not a chance. If anyway. he, if he, yeah, like minutes after Dawn's broken up with Lee and she's broken, she's she's even crying. If he'd gone, so should we uh, go out? Do you want to be my girlfriend? That might have been a bit of an inappropriate time to. Yeah, ask. yeah, no, that <laughs> wouldn't have worked. No, yeah. <laughs> what with the toe? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so, but it's interesting. When we're talking about how Dawn is Dawn's called out of the uh, room by Lee in this scene, and and it's but that that kind of allows us to then we get Dawn's very first yes. talking head. Finally, four episodes in, we actually get a bit of a. Yeah. A one-on-one -on -one talking head with Dawn. See, I wonder if actually we were never meant to have a talking head from Dawn. I mean, obviously, in, I mean, in the reality of the show, sorry, in, yeah. in the sense that the BBC are doing a documentary on these guys, mainly the main characters, David Brent, yeah. but actually Dawn, they never maybe considered a main character. You would maybe, yeah. But yeah. actually, they've got some drama here. Yeah, so yeah. actually, maybe they thought, you know box. what, that, that receptionist girl, let's have a conversation with her and see what she's got to say. And it's not particularly telling... Uh, talking head, I wouldn't have thought. It's, it's about um... no. She's just cynical about her relationship. Yeah. If, if this talking head was obviously recorded either before the day began or after the day, ended, it trivialises the argument. If it, it was wouldn't, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't. She wouldn't have done this. This, this kind of clear-headed, you know, almost kind of sarcastic talking head in, while she was going through this tumultuous time yeah. during the day with Lee. But uh, but yeah, it's interesting to think about because 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 I, I was well since we've been doing this and I realised how late on in the series we actually see Dawn's first talking head. Mm. I have been wondering like why 
why did Merchant and Gervais wait so long to do it? But maybe they were thinking like... I think Danny said it the other day. It's the first time she's really relevant, isn't it, in, in this? I, can't I guess so, get yeah. many more from her, though. I, I can't think of many from her. We do. In, ser- no, in series two, we, we see a pop-up occasion. Do we, we get any more in this series? Well, there's the one where she talks Friendly about her Chalk. friend Week's Chalk. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she just... I think I, I, I mean, I might maybe I'm misremembering, misremembering it. It'll be interesting to watch it now with, with, uh, mm. with this in mind. But I think from here on, she just gets as many talking heads as everyone else. But maybe she doesn't. Mm. I don't know. Because it's not like she's been sidelined as a character. I mean, it's not like it's kind of a sexism in the workplace or anything. But, but no. Gervais and Merch just weren't interested in her as a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not interested in making a shitload out of all the other characters. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back in the room and uh, we're all in a big circle and we're going around the circle. And uh, Keith is talking about his motivation to work here. Because motivation is a key word today. Yeah. I mean, these fucking training sessions where you have keywords. So obviously, the funny thing about this is obviously Keith is just basically... He's got no fr- he's got no frills. He just basically says it exactly like it is. Yeah. It's a stopgap. I mean, who would say that to their boss? Like in the boss in the room, <laughs> stopgap, pretty brainless. I don't take my work home with me. And obviously, David's utterly offended by this. Yeah, but it's all about trust, though, isn't it? We were told earlier that this event, you know, there's trust exercises. It's about opening up to the to the to the group. So obviously, Keith thought I can say it. He doesn't care anyway. Cause he like, doesn't care. Well, when you talk about redundancies, he just he goes, "Would you just go?" And he goes, "Yeah." But yeah. there's one moment in this when he says, ultimately, yeah. we Keith, we see more of Keith's dreams than we do of Tim's. Think about yeah, that. Well, exactly, yeah, Think yeah, about yeah. that. He wants so, to play music because, being a band. Yeah, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brent. Yeah, he, he can't believe that someone else could be a musician in the office. He's a musician in the office. Yeah, he, yeah. It's not dissimilar to, obviously, Rowan coming in and wanting to do the training, which is stealing David's limelight. Suddenly we've got Keith, of all people, trying to say, actually, I could be a musician, I want to be a musician, so he's damned if he's going to let him get away with that. Well, yeah, and it's not, I mean, it's not even like Keith wants to be a musician, yeah. he's just, it's he's, the he's just saying, like, yeah, if, in my ultimate yeah. fancy, we'd probably, yeah, we'd yeah. need to be a musician. He wants then. to be a musician no more than Rowan wants his own island. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, but Brent's like, no, no, I'm not having <laughs> or that. Or Gareth yet. wants some lesbians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just watching, just watching. And this is where the lines between Gervais and his character really blur. Because yeah. he's playing David Brent with all these unrealised musical ambitions and now, you know, 10, 15 years later, here he is touring with Four Bond Conclusion and making a film. Because so obviously, it's, yeah. it's kind of Brentish. Because obviously Ricky Gervais yeah. had unfulfilled musical ambitions as well. Yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Um, but so much of the uh, David Brent myth is kind of created in this episode. But yeah, with with, with the music, with the mm. with the references to the band and mm. stuff. Like, but, but yeah, like you're, you're, you're right, it does carry on through the rest of the thing and that all starts... With, uh, with this episode, well, so yeah, it's interesting. Well, yeah, I suppose, I suppose you could, uh, when you think about it, Brent has no backstory, really, and you're given a tiny bit of a backstory that used to be in a band, and that's about it's about as much as you get, really. Yeah, you don't know, yeah, you not don't know where, where the band started. We don't know, don't who, know who he is, is where, yeah. you know. He opens himself up to all the questions from all the staff. What did you play in the band? Were you successful? He goes, I'll let you, I'll you, let you be the judge of that. That's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I find that perfect because I could actually imagine, you know, it could have been Texas. That could have happened. Yeah, Texas is you know, a perfect little, reference. A little that. local band could have been supported by Texas at one point. He announces yeah. the name of the band as well. Before yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Texas. I, I remember Texas a lot more now because of this episode than I otherwise well, that's would the thing. Yeah, this is yeah. been immortalised in this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we go from him describing this to the next shot, which is, I think, of Rowan's face. Just looking like yeah. absolute despair, arms crossed, leaning back, yeah. with the guitar music playing over the top, and the camera yeah. Yeah. across. Yeah, strumming some quite, you know, quite competently finger picking some chords, and that made it all the more funny for me. It yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. The joke is not that he's a bad musician. No, that wouldn't be funny. A very proficient musician. That wouldn't have been funny. Yeah, they're quite catchy. The aren't they? Yeah. They're really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And obviously, yeah. as but the camera the humor pans, comes from, the humour comes from this massive gulf between 
David Brent, the paper manager from Slough, and these songs he writes about cowboy studs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. We, his, the songs are catchy, and they got good melodies, but it's the lyrics that, 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 that are just ridiculous. Yeah, right? Which is ironic, considering that he considers himself a lyrics man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. as well. Yeah, it's it, considering that he considers himself a lyrics man. It's funny, but it's the lyrics that make lyrics the songs. Man, yeah. Yeah. It's, the, it's the lyrics that make the song stupid. Hot love on the hot love highway Going home because my baby's gone. She's dead. She's not dead. With Free Love Freeway, there's this great bit where Gareth starts joining in, oh, singing, yes. singing, the, singing about and it, and it really, Holly. and it really spurs Brent on. You can tell he's playing yeah, it on yeah. his own, and then Gareth joins in, and then Tim joins in. But Gareth doesn't just join in on his own accord, though. Don't forget, because actually, what Brent's doing it, and this almost harks back to. Tim and Dawn getting Gareth involved in their little gang because as soon as Tim pats Gareth on the back, yeah, he yeah. springs into song. You know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. he starts doing his wonderful but little it, harmony. But then, but, but then, even though Brent's got his eyes closed and he's looking away and he's really like in his own mind, that spurs him on as well. His yeah. whole, his whole performance. And he starts really going, well. yeah, from really going for it. Really going for it. What spurred him on? <laughs> <laughs> it is what spurred him on. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the moment with Malcolm's face I was talking about. Where yes. you see Malcolm's yeah, yeah. face across the room. It's exactly where. T- where uh, Brent's closing his eyes and he's so yeah. impassioned by this performance. Yeah. And then it just cr- cuts across to a few people who've got kind of surprised looks on their faces, almost like, oh, he's quite good. And, a few, and Keith's quite, kind of like clapping along in that brilliantly sort of yeah, like, slow like, way. Yeah, he does. And then Malcolm's just looking like, what is he saying? <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. But I was going to say, it actually, look it up. especially with Gareth singing back, backing, it, do, it actually sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Mm. It doesn't. When, yeah, when, yeah, they, they and when Tim comes in as well, does Gareth's it. improvised backing vocals fits it perfectly. Yeah, and when yeah, yeah. Tim comes and in, Tim, and does Tim the high joins, notes, and then Tim joins in ironically towards the yeah, end. Yeah. So like Gareth's really into it. Tim's doing it ironically. No, I think Brent's yeah. just completely yeah. lost in the moment. And of course, there's there's the um, there's the there's two Gareth goes, she's dead. He goes, she's not dead. And then there's a bit with Tim as well, where yeah. he says about looking gay. It's not gay. And then as soon as he says, it's not gay, perfect timing. Yeah, he's and straight also, back into it. Yeah, it sounds a bit gay. Though. It's not gay. No. no matter how much he's into the song, nothing's going to stop him from just stopping, taking a little break, you know, just to specify how that his genius song how and how it has to go yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got it in his mind so much he knows how he wants people to react to it he's been thinking about it for years since he wrote it as soon as that song finishes and there's that lovely sort of she's gone we've got like Rowan who's just an absolute picture <laughs> whose hands like folded leaning back his chin is practically on his nipples and he's just like right that's lunch and uh, Vincent Franklin <laughs> Hats off, man. As a one-off character, I can't think of a better single character, by the way, in the Yeah, office. maybe not actually, just one-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One-off character. <laughs> but yeah, no, big props to Vincent on that one. That, yeah, honestly, fantastic. Well, as you may or may not know, doing a podcast is a labour of love. We don't get paid for this. So um, here is a word from one of our sponsors who makes all this possible for you wonderful people. Chasers! Come on down to Chasers at Slough Court on Wednesday nights where it's hooch for a pound and Wonder Bras get in free. Or perhaps you drink lager or sometimes cider. Pints of Heineken or Strongbow for only $1.99. Different drinks for different needs. The party goes on all through the night with the DJ playing a selection of Clubland classics till 3 a.m. Jason. 
So they're on their break for lunch, and obviously Tim and Dawn are having a little laugh about uh, David Brent doing his guitar, because obviously they're a bit like, why has this suddenly derailed our training session? What in the name of jumping Jehoshaphat was yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously Dawn's starting to feel a little bit better, because obviously this stuff with David has probably cheered her up and taken her mind off of things. Yeah, so Tim raises her up, but then what we, what follows is a yeah. series of scenes where other people try and cheer her up, because mm. obviously with Tim, Dawn and Lee's argument, especially since uh, she stormed into, back into the, to, to the meeting room having to go calling back to Lee, you know, don't call, don't call my mum again. Yeah. It's obviously now the talk of the office. Isn't Absolutely, it? yeah. completely derailed Rowan's, uh, Rowan's uh, training day probably as much yeah. as uh, Brent has. So yeah. yeah, so Tim makes her feel better again and then what follows is a series of scenes where other people are trying to talk to her but they just don't quite have yeah. the same impact as... And as Tim's trying his best Tim's and he's fighting against the current, isn't he? Because yeah, everybody yeah, yeah, else yeah. is trying to pull her down. So then we've got Donna appearing again and trying to trying to talk to her yeah. and trying to cheer up. What did she, she say? Something she, about says, she says, you know, you, you know, now that you've broken up, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And then Dawn treats it all deeply, like, you know, I want to go travelling, and she just goes, oh, no, I meant shagging. Which tells you a lot about Donna, really. Which also, I think, backs up my point that we, I made in the episode two about how Donna yeah. has nothing, you know, nothing interesting to say about herself. I think Gervais and Merchant are kind of on that side as well. To be fair, we have had an email in, so we do need to correct us. We have had an email about this, so we do need to correct something on Donna because obviously we, we talked about her as though she was coming in for a full-time job when actually she's only there for it was work, work experience. experience yeah. so the title of the episode was work yeah. experience. We, we, so, yeah. Retract that bit particularly. We, we, I think we need to offer a sincere and frank apology for that. To <laughs> Donna. Yeah. yeah, like when supermarkets do recalls. We'll recall yeah. that. Yeah, 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 like recall, yeah. <laughs> we'll recall that and Donna can get back to her shagging. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we know what Ricky sees with her. Yeah. But then, so yeah, so that... This kind of builds to then uh, Dawn revealing to yeah. everyone. Everyone's gathered around and Dawn and trying to make her feel better, trying to talk to her about how, you know, she can do what she wants now. You know, can, she can start again now that mm. she's broken up with Lee. And Dawn reveals that she's actually thinking of leaving yep. Wernham Hog, which is... I mean, that's tectonic for Tim. He's, he's yes. absolutely stunned by that. And obviously Gareth's response is hilarious as well because Gareth is... I mean, this probably hit the you know the, the mentality of the '90s as well. You know, you've got a job here for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's so not the yeah. case anymore. You know, people have so many career changes these days. No one would even go into a paper merchant, even considering that that might be their job for life. But what is it, Jeff Lamp? He's got his own Porsche. That's from paper. Actually, I don't want to spend my life answering phones and some crappy sub-branch paper merchants. Dawn, work hard. You could be answering those phones in head office, or a better paper merchant. Yeah, but yeah, that's, so that's a, this is a great example of Merchant and Gervais getting the theme across with comedy because obviously the, the lines that Gareth saying he's getting some good like um, some funny lines in mm. there, but it kind of really nails on the theme of like there's there's two kinds of people there's people that are happy to just float through life and just kind of like get on with it and and live to work like Gareth like Brent, and then there's people that kind of see that they've got an opportunity to do something better with their lives, which is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, you're right. I, but, I, I totally agree. But like, which Dawn is now seeing, and which because of Dawn seeing it, that makes Tim realise it as well. Mm. Because as much as Tim complains about the job, you get the impression that he wouldn't really do anything about it. It mm. it, it 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 requires Dawn to to suggest it first about herself. Yeah. To really get this to, to, to light a candle up up. Uh, to yeah, I, I agree. Actually, he's, he's only roused by his apathy by what others are doing. He can't really do it under his own steam. Well, specifically needs, Dawn. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and but and it got me thinking there when we were talking about the argument that Lee and Dawn were having. Perhaps yeah. that argument is because Dawn 
is thinking about leaving Wernham Hog. Yeah, which she's expressed. Yeah, to that's me, really like, true. That's this, a, yeah, exactly. This yeah. Isn't, you know, this isn't really what I want to do. But he's going. No, no, we, we need stability. We well, need it goes against or goes like against that. Lee's big plans for them, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, she might not <laughs> want to yeah, clean kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get a cleaning job. Get a part-time <laughs> cleaning job. <laughs> but it does. It's interesting. It does speak to the, like everybody's stunted ambition in this office, where nobody really is capable of doing anything on their mm. own. I mean, it makes you wonder if if Tim and Dawn were at this point to break away and do their own thing, would they be successful? Or would they just find another paper merchants? Mm. Yeah. Mate. I think they're still quite apathetic characters, though. I don't, I don't You know, like we said a few times, they're not heroes. They're unmotivated. Mm. They're lethargic of their, in their lives, you know. Well, this yeah, is, maybe. I mean, apathetic, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done that. Well, you've definitely done that. <laughs> but that's what's interesting about it. Because, like, in, in the American office, for example, right, you have no doubt that Jim, if he was to leave, uh, what's it called? What's the office called? Uh, if he was to leave Dunder uh, Mifflin, he would, he would um, do something like with his life. He would start his own mm. company. But we're sitting here wondering if Tim would even bother doing that. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> if he, when he leaves, yeah, Hulk, is he going to bother doing that? Power, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is interesting. It's, it's not. Tim a, is a bit of a cop out. And yeah. it's, that's not a slight at all. That's an interesting character thing. Like, and we're, we're about to see yeah. that in the next episode. Well, you find a preoccupation with someone, another Gareth, if you found yeah, another exactly, Yeah, because he, he's, he's ostensibly our hero in this series, but we're sitting here and the, and the thing's finished yeah. and we know how it ends for him and we're wondering, like, yeah, is he gonna? Is he just gonna stick around at the office? I don't know. Come and back in ten years if you married with kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so obviously Tim's been trying like hell to try and cheer up Dawn. This whole episode, he keeps trying, he keeps trying, whether it's stirring up David or just having a conversation in private. And all of his efforts are basically in vain because the next scene is David and Gareth <laughs> taking Dawn into the office. Gareth behind David as David's got the guitar out and thinks this will cheer her up. Another classic song. Uh, absolutely, another classic song. So originally about Princess Diana. <laughs> I, love, I, love, which I love the way um, uh, uh, Dawn's eyes open. Like, she, have you noticed that her eyes just open? Like when she sees he's picking up the guitar. Like, <laughs> oh God. He's, who would, who would get away with writing that without it being like a Daily Mail outburst? <laughs> it was only four years yeah. after she oh, yeah, died. Exactly. Well. I remember at the time, the memory of Princess Diamond's death was still very... Yeah, yeah, yeah. four years wasn't that long. It isn't I'm, that long. I'm not entirely convinced. But if you read the Daily Mail, it still is. And yeah, but Richard Gervais, funny enough, cool. when he played at the um, Diana Memorial concert, he chose not to play that song. <laughs> I mean, like we had in the last episode, an absolutely special shout out here to Gareth's face while he's yeah. playing this song. Because he's got this sort of pursed lips, closed eyes, Nodding head to the side, it's just absolutely <laughs> superb. Like he thinks David is John Lennon. And also, I mean? is this the yeah. first? For speaking of pursed lips, is this the first instance of the Brent underbite? Yes. I think it might. It be. is. It is. I, I, yeah. I don't remember yeah. seeing yeah. it in the. Brent, so that, that classic, <laughs> that classic facial uh, uh, yeah. gesture that everyone does now yeah. to do an impression of David Brent, or yeah. even if they're not doing an impression of David Brent, they just do it in live. Well, as Danny's doing as right Danny's now. Doing right I mean, now. I don't know if anybody knows Danny, but if you are friends with Danny on Facebook, if you look at any of his pictures, he's, he's doing, doing this bunch signal with his fingers, and he's doing this this little Brent face that he's doing right now. But, still bottom lip it's kind of like a, it's a it's a it's a bite of a kind of smugness isn't it like just kind of it's not sexual of, yeah, yeah nothing sexual yeah which is yeah and, and i think this yeah singing this song i think it might actually be the first instance of that yeah so yeah that's, definitely that's funny. yeah it's it another another classic uh, office moment from this episode so then we've obviously he brings them all back we've got another shot of the like the, the monotonous corridor with the, the long mile yeah. back to the training room and they're all back sat in the training room and we've got a shot of through the window, right? Of Lee and Dawn. Um, yeah, so yeah, so while all of this is going on, obviously the Lee and Dawn situation is still going on, and yeah, mm. and it looks like they're making up, doesn't it? So this is a twist in the tale. Yeah, it's been resolved, yeah. Because it's only been resolved 
for Lee and Dawn. So Lee, Dawn, and the camera, and I'll ask the audience, are the only people that know this has been resolved? Yeah. Obviously, Tim doesn't know, which obviously comes Everyone back. else in the room still assumes that they split up. Absolutely. Right? So, yeah. Mostly, most importantly, Tim. Um, so obviously, then we go back to the office, uh, sorry, to the training room again, and there's that next shot of the, uh, is it two, two dogs with, a, with yeah. a lead in between them, and pulling in different it, directions? This is where yeah. Rowan's patience finally yeah, that's yeah, yeah, this is what's great about this scene. Yeah, Rowan yeah. does not have yeah, any see that enough, yeah. So what's yeah. the dialogue here? What happens it's, here? it's not the worst thing that's happened all day, but it's just like, it's like the small blow finish. It's just like, it's all too much now. It's the straw that broke the camel's back. It's the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, yeah. And it's literally, yeah. because it's literally, this is the prime example of just Brett just talking to talk. Gareth says some bullshit about mm -hmm. what he thinks the two dog means. Tim gets fed up with it and tells him what it means. And then that's over, though. Gareth doesn't kind of over-egg it, though. He's like, right, okay. And Rowan's like, okay, we've got past that now. And then Brent just, he just can't let anyone else have the last word. So he's got to go, oh, it's a bit like that fable, you know. You know, the one where the dog's got a bone and he goes down to the lake to get a drink and he sees his reflection and he goes, oh, that dog's got a better bone than mine. I think I'll have his as well. And when he opens his mouth to get the bone that's a reflection, he drops the real bone yeah, and I, he I, loses I, both... And what's that got to do with this? One of the funniest things like that, I think, don't you know? Yeah. Don't you know? The only connection is that it involves dogs. And it's just all it's got to do with the boy. nothing to do with it. He didn't need to bring it up. He's just rambling. But he just he needs to be the one that has the final line. Yeah. And he obviously thinks before he says it, he's like, oh, well, I've got something that's relevant, <laughs> that's slightly, yeah, it's slightly connected to this. Well. He, and yeah. he's like, right, I'm just going to yeah. open my mouth and start it. And I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure I'll be able to make a connection as I'm talking and he can't. And, and then cement it with, don't you know? As, yeah. if, as if Rowan's going to be like, oh, well, maybe, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. this guy is wiser than my years. It's oh, not it only the straw that breaks Rowan's back, but also Tim's, yeah. Tim just, he's like, right, I'm not, I'm not having this. And there's this dramatic irony of, uh, the fact that, like you said, we've seen that Lee and Dawn are back together, but Tim hasn't. And so he's now spurred on by what he thinks Dawn is doing, which is going to break up with Lee yeah. and, and leave Wernham Hogg. He wants to do the same thing. And we just know, as he's saying it, we just know, oh, yeah. no. But, I mean... Well, Tim... Tim's <laughs> just in the window of opportunity for that <coughs> silver lining moment, like yeah. I said earlier. He wanted to just fuck off Wernham Hogg, grab... Um, uh, dawn and just ride off into the sunset. Exactly, together. yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's just it's so out of character for him, and it's like this is the one time he's roused from his. Yeah, exactly. There's that's adrenaline. Thing. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's the pump with yeah, adrenaline. It's so horrible, like you say, that dramatic irony that we already know that they've made that. Up. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't necessarily Brilliant a bad scene, thing because brilliant. I mean, because I mean, even if Lee and Dawn are back together, it's good that he's been rised, but he's been kind of roused. Yeah. Like I said, roused from his apathy, and yeah, he mm. finally shows some agency and drive. And he goes and, and he says he's quitting. He says he's going to hand in his notice. He's just going to do anything else than this. And finally, you know, he's, he's showing some kind of gumption. Yeah. And then he then last minute he comes back in and he says to Dawn, "Oh, now that you and Lee have, Lee have broken up, do you want to come out for a drink with me?" Yeah. And then so, Dawn has to reveal to him, "I haven't, when, broken, up haven't broken up with him." And just so yeah, I mean, and as a friend, but he obviously oh, didn't so make, he yeah, obviously yeah, didn't yeah, mean as a friend, did he? Because he said, he said now you split up with Lee, making yeah, it clear. And this is oh, like yeah, we know that. Yeah, he definitely is, didn't mean yeah. it as a friend. And this is the one <laughs> awkward himself there. <laughs> this is the one awkward cringe moment, but it's not played for laughs. And the shame is that the, t the lesson, but you know, if you're Tim, the lesson you're going to take from Matt is, yeah, and it's exactly. a lesson that most of us dread, and most of us also kind of silently live by as well. It's like just don't bother trying because yeah. the worst, the worst could happen, and for for Tim the worst mm. does happen 
And it's just, oh, it's such a shame. Well, it's, we talked about it before. I mean, we talked about it even before um, about the unspoken stuff that you don't... It, and this is a British show, let's not forget. This is British culture. We don't do this sort of thing in England, right? So actually, for him to do that, this is the equivalent of like an action scene in America. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is like the, the end of the high school... Uh, Film with the prom scene where it gets the music stops, yeah. the bully gets punched, the guy gets the girl. That's this, yeah, but it's well, just it's the British equivalent, and it's and it's softer, it's it's more reserved, and yet it has this horrible outcome where we're just our toes are curling while watching it. And this is the thing: is that has like, a harder impact. Yeah. Oh, before it's the bishop. But before that, you could be forgiven for thinking, right? This is going to be it. He's going to come and he storms back in. It's like, yeah, it's a. It's the classic Richard Curtis kind of like final final scene where he storms back in yeah. and he finally asks her out. And, and and prior to that, there's this there's actually a shot from outside the building of a window of a plane soaring across the yeah. uh, a, a, a reflection of a plane across the window. And the symbolism is obvious. Like right, the, the, this is Tim's wow. chance to to, to soar. Him by. I can't yeah. be honest. No, no, no. no but this that, is this that, is Tim's. That's, that's a new one to me. That I have not noticed that. No, I know. <laughs> but this time I noticed it straight away. I was like, yeah, this is obvious. It's obvious what Gervais and uh, Merchant are going for. But it's just this is this is Tim's chance to they to, to, to soar. No, I'm not saying they arranged for it. No, I but if they saw it, they're like, right, you get that. It's interesting you say that because I took from that and I did notice that, but I didn't think of it as this is your opportunity. I thought of it as opportunity passing you by, like the departure's happened and you've missed the plane. Oh, well, I mean, it could be both. Silence among the troops. We get that shot of sort of behind Brent, I think, and the rest of them are just sat yeah. in a big semicircle looking at him. And he leans over to Gareth and says, Go and get the guitar. Yeah. And then we've got a lovely little cover of uh, Handbags and Guide Rack by, and by, by, yeah. by Ricky Gervais. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And there we go. A, a, a classic, the greatest episode of The Office. Probably one of the greatest sitcom episodes yeah. ever. 
It's, it's, it's finished. Having talked it through, discussed it, I genuinely agree with its placement as well as the best episode. I, you know, it is just... It's I mean, just, yeah. It's almost too much to, to talk about and take in, isn't it? There's, there, there's so many great... You could talk for... You could do a four-hour podcast yeah. talking, oh, about all, wow. talking about all the great quotes. I think <laughs> yeah, I've been here for the best part. I, and, well, just no, talk, I, talking about every individual great quote and like your, your memories of using it. Just analyse every word. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Necessary. Let's go on with the quiz. Daniel was saying to me before, right, that he really struggled to think of quiz questions for this episode, right? So let me just say, Seth and Dak, if I was to say to you now to come up with a two-word answer to one of the questions that you think is going to come up, I got it in one, and I bet you one of you at least will get it. Davy Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I said. There's <laughs> not much point in me including this question in the quiz now, really. No, there's definitely not. We've already guessed one. So, without, we've already guessed one of the answers. David Thompson, who will go out and be stuck under the <laughs> So, I'm not going to ask that. So, it's going to be seven questions. So, without further ado, can I hear everyone's buzzers? James. Uh, hang on. Oh, do you know? <laughs> That'll do. Jack. Get their attention. And Seth. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about having this buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> Seth is well loud. Hang on, okay. can we turn ours up? All right, whatever. Let's just go on with it. Question number one: Where did Rowan get his MBA? Oh, do you know? This is a brilliant buzzer. This is a brilliant buzzer. Where, where, where? Bradford. Bradford University. Oh, I've never already got that. That's hey, yes. That was a good pull there, James. Okay. Question number Fair two: um, What is the name of the company where the customer? Won't be bothering her again ever in the Who Cares Wins advert pool. Okay, What's that company oh, called that that travel agent works for? Oh, fucking hell, man. That's mental. That question. is a hard one. Hold on. I think that's hard, yeah. As your boyfriend said. Do like they that, actually huh? say it or is it just written down? No, it's written down. Like yeah, this. that's mental. I'm no one's going to get it. On her case? Have I actually stumped everyone on oh, the train? Jesus Christ. If it's only written down on her case, no. It's written down on the on the table where she sat. I'm never going to get it. It's travel and go. No, travel and go. Right. That's a yes. mental question. Number three. If anybody got that. That's a really hard one. Get out. Um, if anyone got that, identify yourself on the Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, please. Number yeah. three. I bet Ed will get it. At what age did Jeff Lamb get his first Porsche? Well, why did you see now? Forty-two. I heard. I heard. I heard the rape first. Yeah, rape was. Rape, yeah, forty-two. Yeah. Forty-two. Yeah. Forty-two. Oh, yeah. okay. Forty-two. It's forty-two. I'm just sorry, like, just I like, the rape just like Finchie, just like Finchie had his IQ run in forty-two. So okay, that's the magic number. Um, you keep the score, Danny. Yes. Yeah. All right. Question number four. Who? Okay, that was Dave Thompson. We know that. <laughs> Question number four. Who is? What is Brent referencing? When he recites the anecdote about the dog, get their attention. Make sure Tim and Ryan snap. Get Aesop's, their attention. Aesop's fables. Aesop's fable. What's the fable called? The dog and the bone. The fable of the dog and the bone. No, that's wrong. Did anyone else have a go? No, I don't know. Does what? anyone else know? Does he actually say what the fable is? This is no, 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 no. This is the fa- The fable of the dog and the water. No, it's the dog and its reflection. Oh, Once geez. again, no one gets it. I've actually <laughs> obviously made this hard enough, haven't I? You've made it way too hard, man. Question number five. Oh, yeah. Question number five. Okay. Question about the this is this is a two point question, okay? <laughs> I want four things. You'll get one point for you'll get one point if you get two or three, you'll get two points if you get all four. Right. Okay. 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 What four colours does the spaceman list as possible racial classifications? Don't you know, James? <laughs> James got there first, I'm afraid. What is it, James? Yellow, brown, black, or white. Yeah. Yellow, brown, black, or white. Yes. <laughs> two points for James. Four points for that, though. Two. Two yeah. points. Two. Only two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was so obvious. Okay. Anyway, go on. Question number seven. 
Who does the lady at the opticians mistake for Peter Purvis for? Get their attention. I heard get their attention first. I put it in my friend. Yeah, you're the rape, Seth, remember? Yeah. I heard, get, I heard get their attention first. Oh, well, there okay. you go. Question number yeah, eight. Okay. Oh, yeah, well. This is a two-pointer. Oh, so if either Jack or Seth gets this, we'll be in a sudden death tiebreak situation. Oh, God, I right. If it's James, then James wins. Statistics show if you're treated well, you'll tell how many people, and how many will you tell be treated badly? One point for each. Oh, what? Yep. Yeah. Five treated, and nine. Yes. If you're treated well, oh, you'll tell I'm five dying. people. If you're treated badly, you'll tell nine. So James is the outright winner this week. I don't know what to say to that. That was awesome. I think that's deserved. I don't know where Fair in enough. the bowels of my brain that was. That was a very, to. very easy win for James. Uh, it's kept in mind. Do you know what? Because I've worked in customer services, and I will always recite that to sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Based on the office. Based on factors. Yeah, I, I, I don't know so, where. So, it's a win for James this week. Fantastic. So, episode four. James, awesome. James, after four quizzes, James has won two. Two. Two right? one, yeah. Two. Seth, Seth, so and James, two, one each. Seth, yeah. I'd be genuinely, in, genuinely interested to know if that was mental. Yeah. The, the, the one about, yeah, they were hard. Yeah. The one about the, the travel agent, Danny. If you know, if you, like, if you got travel and girl, whatever it was called, identify yourself on the page. Yeah, that's mental. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. I mean, I was trying Danny, to mine. I was, Danny, I was trying to mine obscurity from a very famous episode. So yeah, well, possibly you, you I succeeded. You did massively yeah. succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. dog in It could have been anything. Okay, so that brings us to the end of uh, our fourth episode. Can't believe we've done four so far. This is going so fast. Yeah, we've done four. Yeah, four episodes. So we're now over halfway. Nearly done a whole season. Yeah, we're almost done. Yeah, we only got two episodes left of the first series. Yeah, so we've been releasing them weekly so far, but we do need to point out that um, we've got a few commitments between us over the next week or so. So we are going to have to take a very short break. Yeah. Uh, So this episode, the the episode four, is going to be released on the fourteenth of September. We're going to take a week's break and release nothing on the twenty-first, and then we're going to release the episode five on the twenty-eighth of September, followed by the final episode of the series on the 5th of October yeah so and then we'll, we'll obviously carry on after that but that's just so yeah for, for future reference so yeah that gives you guys a week to well two weeks in fact to uh, recover from the great training episode <laughs> and to get your encourage your friends and other people fam, friends family to to listen yeah and review it and subscribe and rate you know like disciples yeah like disciples yeah you got to you guys have now got two weeks to to, to get us some more followers. Yeah. You don't just listen to the podcast and say, oh, I've listened to it once on podcast, on, Podbean. what's it called? Podbean. Yeah, I tell people I'm the son of God. No, you've got to go. You've got to spread the word. You've got to go to your other office groups, your other office friends, and <laughs> there's no going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to go to CastBox, please. Yeah. <laughs> Is it CastBox? I don't, know. I don't even know what these apps are. So, again, we, so if you might not have heard, I mean, did we mention it in the episode already that we're going to the top 10? Fuck it, let's mention it again. We're going to the top 10 on iTunes, yep. so we would quite like to be back there because it was quite comfortable for a few days when we were It there. was nice to be in the top 10. Number yeah. 7, in fact. Yeah, so number, seven. number 7. Yeah, absolutely. Seven. Did we crawl all the way up to number 7? Yeah, yeah, we did, we did. So we were at well, number 7. Very briefly, but the, the charts seem to be a very fickle game, so we dropped out again quite quickly. Yeah. So well, let's see if we can get us right back up. Where are we now? Can you check out? We're a bit of an underdog, aren't we? We've only, we're a very independent podcast and we've only got two uh, three episodes under our belt so yeah so we want to keep we want to keep climbing up these charts yeah. and obviously you guys can all help us at home so i know it's a bit cheesy and i know that every time you listen to a, a podcast people say oh could you rate review subscribe 
but what we're actually we, review, subscribe. but actually we genuinely want you to rate review subscribe so yeah. fuck these other ones that say rate review subscribe and rate review subscribe with us and we can get back up there in the charts and yeah keep bringing you more episodes I guess well we'll keep bringing them anyway but it'll be, still be nice yeah <laughs> it's nice to know that it's, it's, it's nice to know we're not doing all of this and talking to no one yeah well yeah. It's, it spurs us on you know it does yeah when we see ourselves up that podcast chart you can see us literally getting all motivated so yeah so, yeah okay so what else do we need to say at the end of a podcast um thank you all for listening yeah thank you all for listening everybody thanks everyone i hope you enjoyed the episode if you've, um, if you've heard we'll see you next time if you've heard a good podcast, you'll tell five people. If you've heard a bad one, you'll tell nine. Boring, <laughs> 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 isn't it? Hands with your testicles. Not for me. I like it. Women are dirty. And I'm boring myself talking about it. <laughs>